Are you recording? Yeah. Did you push the button? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Are you sure you should double check? I double checked twice okay. already, so double that check. means I've triple checked. Well, you should. Seven. You have to check seven times for it to be accurate. Oh, no, I don't. How are we gonna do this intro? Um. <laughs> I think it'll go. Hi, welcome to 226. I'm John. I'm someone. No, I think you should say you're John, and then Hannah will be like, and I'm Hannah. And be like, we have a guest today, or something like that. I'm John. I'm John, and today we have a guest with us, and her name is. John! And then. <laughs> This is going to be a great intro to cut up and make. Um, should we wing it see how it goes? Yay. Welcome to the 226. I'm John. I'm John. And, and I'm John. <laughs> We're going to have to. Yeah. It looks like your knees are above the table. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ready? I can't oh, do God. that. Oh. Let's do one just for posterity. I can't do this. Okay. Just say your intro line with one knee. <laughs> Just do it. Hello and welcome to the 226. I'm John. I'm John. And I'm Hannah. And I'm uncomfortable. Hello and welcome to the 226. I'm John. I'm John. And I'm Hannah. Today we're going to be talking about personalities and all of the various things that go along with that. So we might touch on some interpersonal relationships, things like that, but I'm excited. See where it goes. First episode with a guest. Finally got it to work out. Yeah, finally. We did take about a week off because there were some sickness issues and scheduling. scheduling got in the way. And you know, I still have like a job in school, I guess. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> life caught up with us. So yeah. um, we're we're happy we made it work. Hopefully, we should be back on schedule for the rest of uh, this season. Yeah, at least. I think we so. should be good. But yeah, personalities. Uh, have you, you've both taken personality tests, right? Yeah, just recently. Myers-Briggs? What yep. were you? I was an ENFP. Hello! ENFP. So, that means you were more extroverted than yes. introverted. Um, 80% extroverted. 80%. Okay. That is... Quite extroverted. Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit. 80% extroverted, yeah. actually. That's how extroverted <laughs> Very much. <laughs> it's a high percentage. I think I was... I was an I, so I was about 40% I, mm -hmm. so. Um, for those of you who don't know, Myers-Briggs personality assessment uh, tests four different uh, dialectical um, measures of personality. So the first one would be uh, extroversion or introversion, so that's an E or an I. The second one is intuition versus sensing. Mm -hmm. So that's looking at how do you perceive things? Do you perceive things according to your ideal intuition about how the world actually is? Or do you use your senses more often? And of course, all of us have senses that we use to perceive. But when we're making judgments about things, some of us tend to look to an ideal or we think more abstractly about things. Yeah. Uh, the third one is feeling versus thinking. So that would be F or T. <laughs> I definitely um, feel. Yep. <laughs> I'm Think. definitely a T. Thinking is hard. Thinking is hard. hard. <laughs> and the last one is kind of a tricky one to distinguish between is uh, perceiving versus judging. Yeah. So judging kind of sounds like I don't want to be a judger, but that what well, all it means is that you try to stick to your schedule more than being spontaneous. And so, I'm definitely a spontaneous person. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And it's, it's interesting to see when these different traits show and when they don't show. Yeah. That's the interesting part about Myers-Briggs assessments is because you can go through and look at uh, how that how that plays out in your life. You were also? I'm also an ENFP, and part of um, the Myers-Briggs is that even though John, this John, and I uh, have the same personality, you have this different uh, percentage percentages, so you could be 20% extroverted rather than you said you were 80% yeah. extroverted. So you have different spectrums are different percentages on the same spectrum, and so you can be the same personality but still be very different people. Yeah. yeah, and that's one of the the criticisms of the Myers Briggs is that it labels you as a certain thing. Yeah. There are times when all of us have introverted tendencies right. or extroverted tendencies. Like when I'm at work as a server in a in a restaurant, yeah. you can't really be. You can't let your introvert self shine through. <laughs> it's not gonna. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. John so you got to put on a face, and you yeah. gotta you gotta wear that mask and get through the get through the shift. Yeah. So I think it's important to always remember the percentages you have, because <clears throat> if you just say I'm either one or the other, it's just yeah. not as good, in my opinion. John is very entertaining as a server when he is extroverted. <laughs> oh man, it's always fun to listen to. But I'm I'm not very funny when I'm an introvert. Just because I'm not talking. <laughs> what did you say your personality was? I was INTJ. So, so almost the exact opposite of Yeah, the I think we all were the same on the second yep. uh, dialectic, but um, I can't write right now. <laughs> so tired. But uh, yeah, it's interesting to see how different friends of yours line up. We're like almost completely opposite, and yeah. then you two are almost are, are exactly the same yeah. maybe not percentage wise but at least on, on that half of the of the of the mm -hmm. scale right and to see how those things meld together right and my fiance is pretty much the exact opposite personality wise mm -hmm. of me, so. I wonder if I wonder if that's uh, something that's been studied before whether you're you're close friends with people who are either the exact opposite of you or almost the exact same as you right. versus mm -hmm. someone that's more in the middle Right. But that's I mean, also going to be hard to measure, too. So. I mean, like, I'm close friends with both of you, and he yeah. is the same, and you're complete opposite. Yeah. Right. So you can only be friends with either of us, and <laughs> anything in between is just no bueno, <laughs> I, mean, I guess is what this study would be. But. John and I get along sometimes. But. You have to be careful which John you say. Yeah. I, I well, I meant to. both. Oh. So. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Yeah. I mean, you are the first guest on our podcast right now. So. Which, by the way, thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. Nice. It's yeah. a it's fun experiment to yeah. see how that'll work. So excited to be here. Should we let everyone know more about me? Maybe. Me. They'll find out pretty quick, I think. How about just like short bio? Uh, right. Uh, my name is Hannah Schmidt. Um, I'm engaged. We'll be married next summer from Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. Same. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have three older sisters. And I... What are you doing education-wise right now? <laughs> Just like, yeah, tell us about uh, your, your educational life. Right? Oh, my educational life. I am doing my student teaching at uh, Hutchinson <clears throat> Senior High School in Hutchinson, Minnesota. Oh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> in case you didn't pick up on that. But uh, I have high school. So I 
teach everywhere from freshmen to seniors in high school. I have a class of 30 freshmen, two classes of all seniors, and one class of all females ranging from uh, freshmen to seniors. And my last class of the day is one of those um, mostly seniors, and that's 25 senior guys, Ooh. basically, with a couple wow. of juniors and sophomores mixed in, but not many. They are, they have a lot of personality, <laughs> very strong personality. That's one thing I think that uh, understanding personalities comes in at a great time when you're, when you're as a teacher. You oh, can understand yeah. your differences among your students. Yeah and you right. can connect with them better. I think having that empathy then to see like, oh, this is why you're behaving this way, mm -hmm. or right. how can I reach out to you? Right. It's I mean, powerful. there's always a lot of factors into play, and it's also, uh, I was talking to another teacher that's at my school that we ride up together every day, and we were talking about how we have some of the same students, but we have different experiences with them because she's in a classroom setting Physics, actually. She's in physics, oh, wow. and I'm in a gym. <laughs> Very different, especially when it comes to senior boys. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember I was very different in the gymnasium versus in the physics classroom. Right. I definitely perform better in the physics classroom than the gym. <laughs> if you I listen to recall. the running episode, you could. <laughs> Six minute run, right? Yep. yep. Oh, man. Good times. But yeah, I think it's uh, kind of key to know how your students are going to respond to things because there are certain there are certain stereotypes that go along with different personality types, like yeah. extroversion versus introversion. Right. Big difference between how students are going to act in the classroom yeah. or in the gymnasium. And you, as a teacher, you have to know that because if you call on some of your introverted students, that might just send them over the edge and they just can't handle that yeah mm -hmm. if you call them on um, out on the spot rather than your extroverted students which they have no problem saying uh i don't know yeah so you really have to know your students and who can handle the pressure of answering questions on your spot and the kids that can't even if they know the answer saying the answer out loud in front of their peers not knowing if they're right or wrong just can cause them outrageous anxiety so. yeah so giving them opportunities to express what they're thinking about the subject in a different way other than calling on them yep. might be right. a tool that you can utilize to help those students who might yeah. not feel comfortable speaking in front of the classroom, at least right. on the spot like that. Yeah. Right. And even just giving them maybe more wait time to think and gather thoughts. Right. Right. And then speak. Susan Kane would be proud of us, I think. Being <laughs> uh, conscious of the different uh, introversion and extroversion dynamics that are going on in the classroom yes. and uh, using those to our advantage. Yep. I can definitely tell you though from experience in my third grade classroom last year, <laughs> terrible at dealing with someone who doesn't know the answer right away. Because like, I'm just like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. I want to yeah. get this through and right. then if I have to wait like 10 seconds, it feels like an eternity. Oh, yes. even three seconds after you ask a question, waiting for someone to raise their hand is, mm -hmm. it feels like three years yeah you're yes. standing up there you're like let's just try it right now okay. just imagine like I like what if I would ask you a question right now it's so dead it just oh. felt like the, <laughs> the silence is what palpable I don't know I don't know what the word is it's, just the two seconds I felt like 
oh, I really have time to think right now. Like, it's crazy yeah. how much difference just a few seconds can make. Yeah. 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 Um, we've talked about it in this podcast, John and I, so we're very different personalities. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to take on some of his personalities of yeah. introverts, so trying to think about what I say <laughs> before I say it, and then he's trying to just speak extemporaneously. Yeah. Um, just I'm surprised I thought of that word on the spot, too. That was that impressive. That kind of blew me away. I yeah. didn't think of it right away, though, I think. I think I was like, it starts with an E, extemporaneously, and it like rhymed, and I thought that was funny, but I didn't say it at the time. Introvert. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's, uh, that's my personality showing through, so. The number of things that happen in my head that don't come out are infinitely more than what actually I say. Yes. But uh, where else do you think personalities are important to understand outside of the classroom? I've got this question. Yeah. Um, okay, so openness. Um, another communication thing is Johari squares. Oh, yes. Uh -huh. Yeah. So what? it's like a... Hmm. Can you explain this? You can explain it better. I'll try to. So imagine that you have a square in front of you and it's divided into four smaller squares. Thank you, Hannah. <laughs> and uh, you have perceptions of your from yourself on the left and perceptions of others on the bottom. And you have each row and each column labeling a different thing. Mm -hmm. So in the top right, you have things that you know and things that other people know. That'd be like the public square. This is really hard to do via vocal. Yeah, audio <laughs> versus audio. Visual. But uh, like in the visual, probably like on YouTube, if you're watching there, you'll be able to see it and you'll be like, why are you taking so long to experience this? <laughs> mostly a radio audience. But uh, below that, you have things that you don't know that other people know. And I forget what that, that square is called. Uh, um, the oh, well. secret or... Maybe. No, not that one. That you know that I, I think... I think that no. might be. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna focus only on one square. So <laughs> then, on the if you take if you go to the next row column, you'd have things that you know, but other people don't know. So that'd be stuff that was secret to you. That's yes. the secret yeah. window. Yeah. And then below that is things that you don't know and other people don't know. And this is, I guess, specifically about yourself. Right. So that's the unknown square and. Things about you can float in between all of these. Yeah. So you can think about it as uh, a whole, like over your whole life, things that I've never known about myself. Or you can think about a specific moment, like what am I conscious of about myself? Where these things fit in all these different squares. It's just interesting to see yeah. what falls into which square. Which one are you thinking of? I'm thinking of the open square. So things that you know about yourself and that you tell other people so other people know about you. Mm -hmm. um, because I've realized that I'm an incredibly open person. I forget who I tell what, but it ends up just being, I tell everyone everything, yeah. and then I'm surprised when someone knows this something about me. I'm like, oh, I told you that. Oh, I told you that too, or just... Interesting. <laughs> um, so I'm curious like, if that's linked specifically to being an extrovert, Perhaps. whereas like, being an introvert, Jesus. you know? Maybe. I think... Also, another important dialectic for the Myers-Briggs, at least, is yeah. the thinking versus feeling. Yeah. So, extroverted feelers, I think, would be the ones that are more, they're very outgoing, very yeah. personable, very much will share with other people. Yeah. Right. Stereotypically, I guess, not in all situations, but as a general rule, mm -hmm. that tends to be the thing. Whereas, I'm an introverted thinker, the exact opposite, yeah. I'm very aware of 
things that I've told people mm-hmm. about what I've done or my past or where I like even went to high school. Yeah, I'm, I know who knows those things, and it's just it's very interesting to me to see like your open square is much more open than mine. It's, it's very large. <laughs> mine is more like a little tiny hole. <laughs> you have to like kind of peer in there. Like, what is going on? I think part of that is just I live on social media so much. Um, I post on there a lot or just I connect with people through there a lot so it's just a lot of what I do is open to the world Mm -hmm. and I just share it for everyone so do you find the same thing I don't necessarily share on social media I use a lot of I use social media mostly to learn things about other people like Mm -hmm. oh this is what this person said today and this is what this person said today um, I rarely post things about myself, but at the same time, my open square <laughs> is still pretty big because I just More your- like to tell people about everything and yeah. I'm, I'm not necessarily going to go up to someone every day and say, oh, this is what happened today. Um, but if they are in my vicinity and they ask me how my day went, I will talk their ear off, and all they wanted was like, it was good, or it was not so good. As a side note, I think those little passing by interactions that you have with people are so yeah. intriguing. Yeah. Sometimes I try to throw people off, so someone will walk by, they'll be like, oh, what do they say? They'll be like, good morning, and I'll be like, fine, thanks. <laughs> just to like, just to mess with them, because I'm conscious of like what they're saying, and you expect yeah. to like good morning back or like hey how are you or right. hey how are you and it's like you're not expecting an answer to that but then you, you actually give it kind of throws things that off that happened you're to like, me literally yesterday i was walking into the library and uh i saw a girl that i hadn't seen in quite a while um don't talk to her a whole lot but she passed by and i was like hey how are you and she's like hi and kept walking <laughs> <laughs> like good <laughs> That's funny. Oh, I was like, all right, social conventions. <laughs> yeah, but getting back to what we were on before, just the differences in what you two, how you share things about yourself yeah. in that open right. Johari square yeah. is is interesting in and of itself because you have the exact same personality type, but you kind of let that show in different ways. Mm-hmm. So spe- social media specifically, I, I don't really post anything about myself. I mean, I have basic mm-hmm. info. On like Facebook or something, yeah. but I think about posting on social media way more than I actually do. <laughs> I often ask myself why I would be posting such a thing. I think, it and could. then I just keep going down that meta spiral of disaster until it's like, why does anyone post anything on <laughs> social media at all? I think earlier today you tweeted, I thought too much about this tweet. Yeah, I think yeah. so. That was like yesterday. Yes. Like the ultimate. That was, that was meta. the very end of a long train of thought. <laughs> that I think was, well, I don't even remember what I was going to tweet about. You told me and now I forgot. Yeah. But yeah, no, I... Um... That's how my social media goes. It's all very... <laughs> introspective and meta but so going back to sharing people what you're feeling so you share a lot with a lot of people I tend to share those deep things with Mm -hmm. the same people more than like once in a day and they're like Hannah you already told Uh, me this and I'm like really (laughs) (laughs) but I don't know if that like relates to 
like I'm just so excited or like in the moment or if I'm just like early memory loss. <laughs> That's really interesting. So you um, find that you have more deep connections with people and you kind of dive deeper into that, yeah, that relationship, I, whereas you have a more broad relationship, more yeah. not superficial, but more surface level with a lot more people. I'd say that's accurate. You think that describes us? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I just want to be everyone's friend, and I <laughs> achieve that by telling them everything. That's yeah. an interesting theory, actually. It's called a social penetration theory. Yes. So imagine your life is an onion. And that's just a great <laughs> thing to say out of context. <laughs> but My life is an onion. If you have the superficial layer about yourself, the outside, the first layer, those are yeah. things that people can find out with very little effort. And about all different parts of you, like, mm -hmm. like your family, your like where you're going to school, like what you like to eat, yeah. very surface level things. There's not much risk involved with sharing those things with other people mm -hmm. or people around right. you. But as you get deeper into different aspects about yourself, um, it's like peeling back layers of the onion. So you you find out that uh, maybe someone feels some type of way about something very strongly but they only let that come to the surface every once in a while yeah. like the cracks begin to show mm -hmm. i think that's interesting when you can see those how someone truly feels about something kind of shows like in their eyes or in their yeah. like non-verbals their non-verbals non become very expressive of how they're actually feeling about something yeah and that's social penetration theory i love it yeah uh just today in class we talked about non-verbals for a good 45 minutes so the entire class? No, it's an hour and a half class. Oh, okay. <laughs> so if I do my math correctly, that would be, wait for it, wait for it. <laughs> half of the time? Hey, hey, there you go. Hey. Future math teacher. Hey, there he goes. <laughs> finally did math correct on the podcast. That's a great feeling. Excellent. It doesn't feel like it. It only took... <laughs> I don't actually have a watch. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it says a time. <laughs> anyway, oh. nonverbals, I just think, are the coolest things. Mm -hmm. um, because once you become aware of them and what you're doing, and then pick up on what other people are doing, like, just communication becomes even more meaningful mm -hmm. and larger than life. Because yeah, you can... Well, yeah. What do you think... <laughs> Either of you, this is like an open question, I suppose. How does personality show through your nonverbals for different types of people um, <clears throat> or different personality types? Well, you have like people that are nervous a lot or like anxious. Like you can neurotic. do those people, yeah. yep, because they do a lot of either biting their lip or chewing on their fingernails and not necessarily always. Mm -hmm. um, there are some people that just chew on their fingernails because they have bad habits, but <laughs> <laughs> they, <laughs> um, some people really just like have that nervous tick. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess there's that. I think the other side of that is super confidence. Yeah. Um, so just the way you position yourself in a conversation, very open, like hands at your side or something and yeah just <laughs> kind of showing power in how you stand right and then i don't know you just getting our talk like that too then. getting our ted talk reference for the episode here we go i know what you're gonna say so there was i mean you can correct me i'm not very familiar with it but i think there was one on posture 
there's a TED talk on posture mm -hmm. and they did a study where if you sat in a basically a power stance yeah. before an interview you just took two minutes of time before the interview and got in a power stance or like a really like aggressively framed posture you were much more likely to get the job than if you were like slouching or like a really inferior posture yeah. mm -hmm. for the two minutes before that yeah. that was just super interesting to me along with that is um just like when you're by yourself they suggest taking 30 seconds to a minute and just sitting there and being super open like putting your arms out or something yeah. and just sitting like that if you're watching the video i look stupid like it's not something you should do with other people around um, well that's never stopped me from doing this but i think but just that open the physical openness of your body and how that gives you confidence right well also um another thing i heard going off of interviews is to mimic obviously not like if they do something silly like blow their nose don't blow your mm -hmm. nose but like mimicking their posture so if yeah. they're crossing oh, yeah. their arms mm -hmm. and you can cross your arms if they're sitting forward you can sit forward if you they're mm -hmm. sitting yeah. back just mimicking that in interviews and even in regular conversations you'll find people really really engaged in a good conversation will have very similar posture yeah i can always tell as a server when people are like on a date and it's going really well they're sitting the exact same way like you can tell and you yeah. can always tell when it's not going very well because yeah. they're they're very different in their yeah. posture mm -hmm. so i wonder if you could reverse that so you can tell it's going well because of their posture could you make a date go well by mimicking and see that's posture. where understanding of communication becomes beneficial because you can kind of it's a subconscious thing but yeah. when you're conscious of it the other person might pick up on that the conversation is going better mm -hmm. than it would be if you were in a different posture. Yeah. Right. All right. So, question. Because communication is so powerful, and then when you study it, you learn all the subconscious things you do, all of a sudden those subconscious things become conscious. Like, I think about posture, I think about nonverbals in a conversation. Like I'm doing it right now. Mm -hmm. What happens to a conversation when both people know the exact same amount about communication, where they can read what someone else is doing and then apply it or manipulation? Easy. That's what happens. Well, I shouldn't say that. Manipulation is when one person more knows more than the other. I but mean, it sounds like just your Johari square is identical for openness. Or you both have the same things in the secret, right? But it's really both known. If you look at both of you, I mean, yeah. I'm, I might just lead to better conversations, necessarily, or just knowing when to back off and being respectful, mm -hmm. rather yeah. than being naive about you didn't know that you just pissed the person off, or you just. Yeah. Didn't know that yeah. you just made the comment that made a bad day, but like I said earlier, if you have one person that knows more about social communication and that um, subconscious, then that's when you get to manipulation and yeah. Oh. If you use that to your advantage and someone else's disadvantage, yeah. is when it gets very dangerous. Yes. yes, and I mean there are times when manipulation can be used well, mm -hmm. such as like getting someone to talk about something. For example, if you have a student who is having troubles at home and yeah. getting them to open up, that can be a good thing, however. Yeah, teachers are 
mandatory reporters like they should be yeah very aware of that stuff because it has severe classroom implications yes. so right. i wouldn't even i think manipulative at least the way i define it would have to have some sort of malicious intent yeah. or self-serving and completely right. selfish Mm-hmm. intentions where you're not really thinking about the the well-being of the other person or otherwise it's just or you don't care yeah, yeah. like it is an unempathetic thing to do mm-hmm. manipulation is but i think if both people had the same level of understanding about how what they're doing is being communicated yeah that could just lead to like meta conversation about how things are going I think those conversations are the most interesting. Like oh, yeah. even right now, like this is very intriguing. Like this, one? <laughs> this conversation is very meta because we're talking about talking. We're talking about talking about thinking about talking. Also personalities. Ooh. Yes. Also true. I think you just went like one level deeper into the social penetration sphere. Than... Ah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think that understanding communication shows itself differently through different personalities right. yeah. especially in interpersonal relationships and I get those different ways that you manage situations yeah if you remember a few episodes ago we talked about relational dialectics mm-hmm. so another theory that uses a, a dialectical scale to measure how how relationship is going where you have three different dynamics this time and one being uh, let's say open versus closed or spontane- spontaneity versus novelty or not novelty, spontaneity versus uh, predictability. Yep. That's the one. And all of those tensions that are inherent in every relationship, friendship, romantic, mm-hmm. otherwise, like every interpersonal interaction that you have has some sort of dynamic like that, that you can measure. And knowing about that is, uh, is one thing, but then being able to manage it is also another and then having different personalities that might want different things yeah that's where it gets interesting i think that's where you really have to be open with people and mm-hmm. say i don't want this i do need this or want this mm-hmm. and you just have to lay down facts tell you how you feel about that what yeah. you see and then what you need okay so i have a question yeah what do you think about the people that have different personalities based on the groups that they're with. Um. So, um, if a little superficially you might call it two-faced, but they're very realistically, people behave differently in a group setting with via, via, I don't know if that's the right word, but people act differently in a crowd versus a group of, say, 10 or so, mm-hmm. versus a group of three versus a one-on-one. Yeah. And some people are like, oh, they're just two different people, and a lot, to, a lot of times they'll say they're two-faced just because they'll be nice to people in a large group setting and then, you know, talk to bad about those <clears throat> same people. Then. Yeah. But really, I think that's just very different personalities because I've also heard people say oh I really like them when we're one on one but when they're, we're in a large group of people they're kind of mean or they're jerks mm-hmm. or something like that Yeah. so how do you think that plays into personality wise hmm. or introvert extrovert I think I mean 
we've we've talked about this before how yeah. I'm different as a server in that context oh, right, right. so I don't think someone would I don't think I mean, it may have been true that someone said I was two-faced because I acted differently when I was outside of the, yeah. my, my job. But I think also, like you, behind the lens. You're mm -hmm. very different when you're behind the lens interacting with a large group of people, yeah. um, shooting video for whatever it may be, yeah. versus in this context, very different. I don't think that's unnatural. I think it's when it's unconscious and causes negative side effects that someone might say, oh, well, this person's different in this context. And then something about that might rub them the wrong way, whether it's known or not. I don't, I don't know if there's a fine line you can draw there, but each, each situation is probably very different. Yeah. Right. I've been called out on that before. Yeah. Doing it subconsciously and unknowingly hurting someone. Yeah. Right. Um, Am I like that? No, you're fine. <laughs> no, I, sure, like, I feel <laughs> like I'm very open and ridiculous. No, plus regardless. you apologize for things that like aren't a big deal, so like you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's really okay. <laughs> I think empathy's another reoccurring theme in that situation, yeah. is if you're oh, making some kind of effort to understand how other people are doing or how they're responding or kind of getting feedback from them, and letting that guide the way you interact, it's much more likely that you don't make someone angry or like say something that might ruin their day. Yeah. Which I mean, I'm sure I've said something that was taken completely opposite of what I intended. Mm -hmm. Right. Especially like I in mean, a coaching situation. Very often that happens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That happened to me when I was directing marching band this past summer. Yeah. Definitely made three girls cry in one day. Oh no. Actually, no. It was like. Six. It was a bad day. It's like, <laughs> but like three to six. It's like fifty uh, percent to one hundred percent. Someone wearing sunglasses, yeah. you could kind of tell you. Oh, okay. but, um, <laughs> but no, it's just like as a teacher, how far do you push someone because you need them to get better? You want them to get better and right. to succeed, and you just keep pushing them, and then it's knowing where their limit is. Yeah and how they'll respond well, to what you're saying. Right, and that's hard to know, and that's something, going back to teaching, you need to know your students, which students you can scold, mm -hmm. and which students you just need to politely say, step aside and say, hey, if you tell them that you're disappointed in them, they will bawl their eyes mm -hmm. out. Um, and that's just the different personalities that can handle yeah. mm -hmm. criticism in different ways. Sometimes that's good though, like if they realize you're disappointed, like they're never yeah. gonna do that again. Oh, right, right. And I it's, wish and it's what, <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's, it's what context that's in as well because yeah. you take, you might, if you're trying to encourage someone, you want to say like, I'm raising the bar high for you here. Mm -hmm. Like I know you can do it, but it's gonna be hard, it's gonna be challenging. Yeah. And like, and we need to work through this together. Doing that with the full classroom there, you might someone might take that very differently than if they were in like a one-on-one -on -one situation, mm -hmm. say like office right. hours or yeah. just staying back after class, like mm -hmm. a private conversation might be better for some people than others who might be more uh, uncomfortable when you, when you challenge them or raise the bar for them mm -hmm. verbally and openly in front of the whole classroom. Yeah. And again, that's where empathy comes in. Right. Just understanding different ways that different people operate in different contexts. Mm -hmm. That was the most meta thing I've said all night, I think. That was really good, though. <laughs> I am 
Empathy should be like a subtitle of our show or something. <laughs> it always comes up. Yeah, that and TED Talks. Yeah. Are TED Talks naturally empathetic? Don't answer that. We no. should move on. Yeah. Um, Moving out. So everything we've talked about so far, it applies to every single person. Mm-hmm. No person can run away from any communication theory. Yeah. It applies to everyone. And that's what blows my mind. We're all so different, yet we're all essentially human. We all have that human stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why Hannah's here. <laughs> <laughs> Comical relief. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I feel like we've all provided some <laughs> comic relief tonight, whether it's math or otherwise. But, <laughs> but just like, it just blows my mind that someone across the world this applies to in a very different way, obviously. Someone across the world is also 80% extroverted. Yeah, I wonder true. how extroversion looks in a completely different culture. Ooh. Or how introversion looks in a Because American culture is very extroverted. Yeah. It praises the extrovert. Yeah, the whole Dale Carnegie, yep. charismatic human being, ideal, yeah. business person, yeah. right. very enigmatic and everything. Whereas another culture, I don't know, maybe it's like an Oriental culture, Chinese, Japanese, like very different ideas about how those things come through. Yeah. Like how does that right. show? How does that manifest? I'm hoping to study that. That just makes me think of, um, we had that one international, or foreign exchange student in high school. She was in your class, very extroverted. Sola Do? Sola. Yeah. Her name is Sola Do, like Solfege. She was so <laughs> wonderful, and she was easily, like, the most outgoing foreign exchange student we had. Yeah. And then I was friends with, um, Micah, and I walked on homecoming court with Micah. Mm-hmm. And another foreign exchange student. Another foreign exchange student, and uh, he's one of the quietest, shyest, intro- <laughs> most introverted kids ever. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, that's a, just a, something that I'd like to look into more. Perhaps is how that looks in different cultures. Like yeah. if you go yeah. to Japan and I act the same way I do now, mm-hmm. you'd probably. I'd be a little probably be a little extroverted <laughs> maybe I don't know I don't know what that looks like I don't know right. where those lines are drawn yeah. or if taking something excuse me like a Myers-Briggs in a different culture would have very different results right. than if you took it after being like assimilated into like western culture yeah mm-hmm. or even just comparing the differences between like something like Great Britain and the US we speak the same language we have the same sort of understanding about what words mean and how things mm-hmm. go and we kind of have this kind of understanding of each other or not so much as you see on like <laughs> yeah, social media or something. 1776 but, happened too. Yeah, so. I mean, <laughs> we've kind of went our separate ways since then. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. 1776 happened. Yes, it did. Also oh. 1812 and also 1906 I think also happened. Yeah. And basically every year in between then and now. Yeah, <laughs> it's been happening. <laughs> But how would how would a Myers Briggs look over there versus over here? I don't know, and it's hard to do that because you can't yeah. test the same person in a different culture. You have to do like a broad yeah. uh, survey of the population and see what what happens. Yeah, I think you have to be careful to like obviously cultures are different, mm-hmm. but then to not make generalizations and stereotypes out of those yeah, differences. It's very, very easy right. to do. So within those cultures, there's 
vast differences and like it's so complicated and you have to remember that's complicated i'm still chuckling at the whole 1776 app. <laughs> 2009 happened <laughs> no yeah. i don't I don't remember. Do you remember 2009? I tried not to. <laughs> I tried not to. It's yeah, my freshman year of high school. If I, you knew me in 2009, I'm sorry. I was probably John's Same. personality in 2009. Yeah, you probably were. That's yeah. another interesting point is how personalities kind of change a little mm-hmm. bit over time or how things are manifested differently over time. I think right. most people tend to have the same type of personality. It just looks different. Yeah. Right. Or it looks different compared to how you grow in the classroom yeah. or outside. Or- in my own life, I remember like a conscious decision to say, Jonathan, you just need to talk to people. Or interesting. Like, just go make friends. What are you doing just sitting here? I tried to do the opposite one time. I did the opposite one time, yeah. and now here I am. <laughs> I did it. It didn't work for me. No? I said, Hannah, you need to stop talking to people. Just, Just shut up. Just stop talking. And it worked. <laughs> I find it interesting that you told yourself to do that, but then, like, the impulse to, like, connect with people right. was still there. Yeah. And so you just let it, it just happened. Like, I was always the weird kid in class because, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Well, I kind of was. But. Same. I loved having discussion and talks, and I never struggled with participation grades in classes mm-hmm. for discussion <clears throat> because, like, I genuinely like to learn I love to learn mm-hmm. and I like to talk about things and even if I'm wrong I'll kind of go do one of the egos but then I'll still find myself yeah. talking like and I found myself taking on those same extroverted tendencies in the classroom because of those participation points I was mm-hmm. like I'm perfectly content to just sit here and let the teacher lecture the entire yeah. time but I can tell that this teacher is going to conduct the class in a way that uses discussion as a means to learning Mm -hmm. and so I just started participating in discussions more and it wasn't necessarily comfortable at first but it's something I got better at and just being able to adapt to that different situation just like I do when I'm serving it's very embarrassing for me when a teacher has to say someone other than Hannah yeah I get that too sometimes and it's really it feels really weird because it's like I am an introvert. Why are you saying that to me? <laughs> yeah. See, in one of my classes right now, I absolutely love the class. I love participating. So I'm trying not to. Right. Because, and that's, you know, like, I just life. try to, like, prompt other people and then let them go. Mm-hmm. You know? And I hate, I hate raising my hand knowing the answer and knowing that the teacher won't call on me. Yeah. But, like, no one else is going to raise I, their hand. I've kind of gotten a feel for, like, when the teacher won't call on me when I, yeah. I just don't even raise my hand anymore. Yeah. So I'll do it like once or twice a, a class period. Or I remember when I was in classes that used more of that kind of discussion. Mm-hmm. Where I'd be like, I have this many tokens that I can submit to the teacher today. <laughs> so, and I will use those two at convenient times. Because, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm perfectly content to... And sometimes I want, I want the class to be over. <laughs> I'll just be like, I could raise my hand and just power through this class right here. <laughs> but that kind of goes against the point of being a teacher myself. Right. I try to avoid doing that. Yeah. Right. There's always that one kid that can, that tends to raise their hand more often. Mm-hmm. Though. Right. But those, it's also funny that, um, you can also, those kids, same kids, at least in my experience, 
or the students that the teacher will call on and won't mind if they go off on a tangent. Mm -hmm. And then those are the kids that their friends will say, oh, you should ask about this today. So the teacher will stall. Yeah. So we don't have uh -huh. to talk about this That's today. True. I was that kid. So, you know, even, <laughs> even, that, even that in itself is kind of like a stereotype. Yeah. Which is tricky. I, stereotyping is such like a hot topic in these mm, days. That's right. oh, so true. I hate it. I think that it is natural for us to generalize things yes. in order to understand them better. Mm -hmm. I don't think that there's anything wrong with seeing tendencies, mm -hmm. but it's when you hold those tendencies and expect them regardless of what might actually be happening yep. is when you get into trouble. So that's when stereotyping becomes stereotyping and not just generalizing. Yeah. And remembering the complexity. Yeah. We so, are just simple yes or no humans. That's something to always take into consideration when you're saying, like, it, it happens a lot with, uh, what, like, racial issues or gender issues, all of the hot, yeah. hot button topics in, in our culture today. Yeah. And what, what year just happened? 2016? 2016 is happening. 20, oh my god. <laughs> 2015 happened. 2015 did happen. I was there for part of it. I think, but yeah, I think, uh, let's just pretend that Moving that on. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, stereotypes are, are very tricky, and I don't think generalization is a problem if you're aware of what you're doing and you're not holding those expectations against other people. Yeah. So. Right. I was found it very comical when <clears throat> people would be like, oh, you must be a cheerleader, or oh, you must be a runner, or uh -huh. all these yeah. things, and then I'd be like, that's interesting. I dare you to put a stereotype on me because I was involved in so many different things, and I was uh -huh. never like the same thing yeah. any day of the week. Yeah. I think sometimes I'm aware of what stereotypes or generalizations people might make about me mm -hmm. or just in the whatever context I'm in and then I do the opposite like it like with the right. verbal exchange in the morning yeah. like right uh hi good morning fine thanks like that just kind of goes against what the general expectation is yep. or like sometimes in an elevator if you're in a group of, of people you're like there's like five or six everyone faces the door I've noticed that everyone yes. always faces the door mm -hmm. so sometimes if I'm the last one in there door open and like everyone will filter and everyone turns around I'm the last one in there and I just stop and I face all of them <laughs> and the doors close behind me and I'm just kind of like just stand there and people get freaked out by this right. it's just something have you seen the, the someone actually did it I think really? it was a college class did that they would have one person go in and then they would like um, have someone start in the elevator and then would just face the back wall like opposite the door and then yeah. Like people would come in and they'd stand facing the door and then they'd look and then you know they'd they'd turn around and eventually like people would just everyone in the elevator was facing the opposite way. Yeah. Really? And then yeah. Wow. Those it those was, kinds of social experiments are really interesting yeah. to see. I've seen one in a lobby too where right. there'll be like a, a random noise and two people are in on it. Just two. Yep. They'll stand up every time this noise happens, regardless of what they're doing, what they're reading, and then they'll just sit down right afterwards. And then the beep will happen, and then the two people, and maybe yeah. like one other person, eventually the entire group does it. Then you have the people that called into the next room yeah. and wait, and eventually an entirely new set of people is in there, and they are all doing this thing yes. oh my that gosh. no one was there beforehand. That happened, um, yeah, the lobby, it was like a doctor's office or something. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. saw that. 
Yeah. I think it's it interesting what happens funny. in people's minds and very how funny. different personalities react to that kind of yeah. situation. Right. I feel like I, I want to say that I'd be the person that kept sitting down, but I don't know. I've never been through that kind of test before. you're thinking about it, I think. Yeah, if you're in on it, it's very easy to say, oh, that's just a social experience. Yeah. I'm going to sit down. But if everyone's literally doing this thing and it's like an expectation, like how much does that guide what yeah. you do? Right. I'd probably think about it really, really hard before I started doing it, but then I'd probably be like, oh, maybe right. and even I'd probably feel it. That's <laughs> another thing. If you know these social expectations and like you know that like these people are doing social experiments, like at what point are you going to go along with it? Yeah. Like at what point are you like, this is funny, this is a social experiment, I am going to stand against the grain. Yeah. And at what point are you like Oh, this is kind of weird. I want to fit in now. Please. This is, this is getting kind of weird. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think like we should wrap it up. Oh. Things that stuck out to you. Ah <laughs> oh, man, what stuck out to me? I think the fact that we have like a guest with us on this episode is more. <laughs> it's so it's different talking with two people than it is with one. Mm -hmm. Very different. Yeah. Right. So I found myself throughout the episode holding back whenever you would finish talking I would try to like not say something in case you had something to say so that it was more balanced mm -hmm. of a conversation which again is a kind of meta thing to, to, to say but it's true when you have different numbers of people in a conversation you've got to be there are different things at play different things to be aware of so yeah yep. what about you? John? Um, the social penetration concept yeah. Life is an onion. Um, just, it is sometimes. And, and always. then the difference between Hannah and I, where she has a couple people that she tells everything multiple times, whereas I will tell everyone everything maybe once. There's a reference to the onion personality on Shrek. If you yeah, yeah. like oh, onions. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. that whatever, that interpersonal class even uses that. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. Wherever I, I mean, it's probably different now from when I'm taking it there. But ogres are like onions; they make people cry. <laughs> They're funny. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Hannah? Anything that stuck out to you in particular? Um. Aside from all the years since 1776 happening, <laughs> except for 20. I'm gonna laugh about that for way yeah, too long. Way too long. Um. I, maybe just the application to teaching since I am doing my student teaching right now and I'm in a classroom every day just that you really have to know your kids personalities and when you know or even if it's not in a classroom if it's the people it's the people you're around every day whether it's your co-workers or if you work um, with people every day either in retail or just any type of service really you need to pick up on their personalities and making sure that you don't, you know, push any buttons. <laughs> yeah, the, empa that, the empathy again, so right. understanding where someone else is coming from. Yeah, right. It's a necessary thing. Yeah. Very good. Well, I think that just about wraps it up for uh, personalities and the variety of topics we covered in between. Yeah. Oof. Uh, next episode, we're going to be talking about something we haven't decided yet so <laughs> it's true i'm excited for that one uh should be back on a normal schedule yep this is john this is john and you've been listening to the 226 thank you hannah for stopping by yes yeah, thank you see you or talk to you next time peace <laughs>